Mac Power Users, Episode 606, California Streaming. Hello and welcome back to Mac Power Users. My name is Stephen Hackett and I'm joined as always by my friend and yours, Mr. David Sparks. Hey, Stephen. How are you? Uh, I'm good. A little. It's been a week, you know, iPhone event. Uh, we're recording this the night before the podcast-a-thon, so I had like an eight-hour tech rehearsal today. Yes. There's a, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of punchy to me today. I feel like you're, uh, you're I mean, between, I mean, uh, how does it happen that the most important, like, the event of the year, the podcast-a-thon, mm-hmm. combines with Apple's most important event of the year, the Apple uh, iPhone announcement week? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how that happens. Uh so, I mean, the idea is like, oh, maybe there'll be new iPhones. We have stuff to talk about. And that always seems like a good idea. Yeah. But now this is the third year in a row we've done it and thought, oh, gosh, that was a terrible idea. So we will yeah. see. Maybe next year the podcast will be the end of September, kind of after the new iPhone stuff. But uh, it's know. definitely been uh, a very busy week. But I'm glad to be here with you and not trying to figure out how, you know, audio routing works through like five computers running Discord at St. Jude. I uh, I have to share a Stephen Hackett story. Can I do that really quick? Oh yeah, go for so it. So I I'm making a little appearance in the podcastathon tomorrow. So we were doing a, an audio video check for me, and Stephen wasn't even in the room. It was like some of the technical people and Kathy, yeah. and uh, and we were checking everything. I said, hey, you guys, if you want. I could go to Disneyland and do this off my iPhone in front of the Millennium Falcon. It would be really cool for, you know, people watching to see me somewhere other than my studio. Mm -hmm. And I could literally hear from the other room, Stephen Hackett yelling, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Stephen didn't want the, uh, the risk of that, of like a bad internet connection or something. But I, I I thought, I thought that, you know, just, just you be you, man, never change. Maybe next time we'll talk about some of the technical aspects behind the podcast-a-thon, because at this point they haven't been proven to work completely. But it's a very complicated technical achievement to make it work. I mean, to the point where, and like I, you know, I'm an AV guy, right? Like I, you know, speak all this language, like the people running the studio. And I think we're the most complicated event they ever do in the studio. So I think they kind of like that it's like really technical, but at some point today, I was like running like cables like down a hallway around a corner into a server rack with one of the guys. I'm like, do most people who come in for funding raising events help you run cable? He was like, no, no, you're the only one. I was like, yeah. you know what? That makes me feel good. Uh, I feel like I'm really serving. And, you know, man, the server rack. Mm, good job. Whoever put that thing together. Yeah, it's, <laughs> was it's that been a chef's a day. kiss I heard. It was. Oh, dude, <laughs> if I could share a picture, I would. It was the cleanest. And it's all AV stuff, right? So it's lots of different. Yeah. It's not just Ethernet where cables are all kind of the same. Yeah. It's all sorts of different stuff. And I opened the back of this rack and it was like you could hear angels singing. It's like, whoa, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Great. The 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 best server room I've ever seen was the Omni Group server room. Um Oh, I bet. They those guys, I mean, it's like you could eat off the floor in there to begin <laughs> with. But just like like coordinated cables and custom racks mm. and and super air conditioning because you know a lot of the you know they they manage data for their users so they keep it very cool in there and anyway it that I, I thought of you at the time like man if Stephen was here with me he would be drooling yeah um, but we're not just doing this uh, Saint Jude um, 
podcastathon, we're raising money for St. Jude. And That's I want right. to congratulate you. Uh, since we last spoke, uh, you've hit your goal, your initial goal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and frankly, thank one password, longtime sponsor of Mac power users who came in at the last minute with a, a hefty contribution to kind yeah. of get you over. Yeah. Yeah. They, they totally killed it. I mean, we had our original goal of $333,000 cause it's the third podcastathon, and they gave a very specific amount to meet that goal. And they're like, you know what, this is awesome, but we're going to keep going. And we're, you know, again, we're about, I can't count anymore. I don't know, 18 hours from the beginning of the podcast-a-thon. Like, we're coming up on the new goal. It's just been, it's been yeah. so humbling this year because the giving has been so much more and so much faster than any previous year. It, it really is. Uh, it's amazing. We talked. We, we had a dinner conversation. The family, we all decided, okay, what can we give up in order to help St. Jude? And, and we did make a hefty contribution. And it was, it felt great. And I would recommend anybody out there, first of all, I don't want you to, if you're out there and you hear that they hit the goals, don't say, okay, well, then we're good. Because cancer doesn't do that. It doesn't say, no. okay, we're good. You know? No, <laughs> no they, they don't. Cancer doesn't care about that. And yeah. and St. Jude's not going to stop. And so uh, we're not going to stop. Exactly. And what I would ask is if you if you haven't contributed because... You hear about people making big contributions. You're like, well, I can't do that. I mean, we went through a pandemic and, you know, we're a lot of people are suffering right now. But I would ask, think about something you can do. I mean, literally $5 can make a difference. If everybody mm-hmm. in this audience would contribute $5, we would, I mean, it, it's it's a lot of money. Let's just yeah. let's just put it that way. <laughs> and so I I would ask if you, you know, if you've had a hard time, but you want to do something, don't feel bad about making a small contribution because I do think that, that could make a huge difference and it will make you feel better too. And I think we all want to kind of lend in together. So I, I would ask you, if you haven't contributed yet, um, think about it, even if it's a small amount. And if you have contributed, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, we all are so appreciative and it's like, it just brings so much joy to all of us that make these podcasts that once a year we can help make a difference at St. Jude. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it's such an amazing place. You know, I've been on campus preparing for this, and I haven't been on campus very much over the last two years, you know, for obvious reasons. Yeah. And yeah. I, I had that feeling today because I, I sort of had to park in a garage and like walk over to their studio. And I was like, man, this feels like it feels like coming home. It feels like a reunion, like me back in this place. And a lot of people don't get to experience that firsthand, but for those of us who do, it's it's obviously such a blessing and one that's only made possible because folks who do give five, ten, fifteen dollars, right? From all over the world. And yeah, definitely, you know, do what you can. We appreciate it. Uh, I know on uh, some other shows we've kind of talked about, like this is we're gonna talk about for the next hour and a half, we're gonna talk about new Apple hardware. And a bunch of us are gonna spend or just have spent a bunch of money on new Apple gear. It's like, yeah, you know, maybe, you know, take what that Apple care was going to be and send it to, to St. Jude. So uh, thank you all who have been supporting this. Uh, if you haven't given, or if you want to learn more, the URL is in the show notes. It's the first link in the show notes, but it's stjude.org slash relay.
I uh, have a little announcement too that involves money. So <laughs> hang in there with me. But I, uh, Devin Think Field Guide is releasing as this show releases, the, it will come out the next morning. So the show comes out on Sunday, Monday morning. It'll be there. It may even be there Sunday night. Sometimes I put in a little early just to make sure everything's working before all the emails go out. But the, uh, about five months in the making and it's eight and a half hours, a hundred plus videos. Um, it's, uh, the price point is $49, but the, the entry price is 44 for a limited time. We're going to do a whole show on Devon think next week. So if you have Devon think questions, let us know and we'll put it in the outline. But, um, just suffice it to say, I spent a lot of time on this one. Mm-hmm. And, um, not only did I get it for beginners, I did it for advanced users or six interviews with advanced users as well in it. So there's a, there's just a lot of content and I'm, yeah. I'm really proud of it. I feel like the production values, I've really been trying to make an effort to do top-notch production values on these things. And I've got people I've hired to help me out with some of this stuff. And anyway, it's done and it's out. And if you're interested in getting better at Dev and Think, please go check it out at learn.maxsparky.com. Yeah, I feel like we've been talking about it for a really long time. I mean, I don't even know how long it was, you know, rolling around in your mind before you shared it with me. But it is fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to talking through it next time. Devin thinks a big app. One of the nice things with this is um, I wanted to have sample data because I feel like to really understand Devin Think, you need to have uh, a lot of data to throw at it. And I couldn't really use like my client database or something no. like that. No. <laughs> but I, but my buddy Stephen Hackett gave me two gigabytes of data out of his DevonThink Apple history library, and I've got a a, a Dropbox link in the, the course, so you can download it and use the same data. And I thought I wanted to thank you for doing that, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, you bet. All right, more power users today. Because it was an Apple event week, I thought it'd be fun to talk about some of our favorite Apple events. And uh, we are going to take off the table going in the iPhone event because that's too easy. The Oh, yeah, the original? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's the automatic winner. So you can't yeah, exactly. Can't so so more, more power users today. We got, we got some fun to talk about on prior Apple events. But this week, baby, we had our own new Apple event. Featuring my home state, California. Yeah, I found it really interesting, and I really, really enjoyed it. You know, we've seen now probably half a dozen Apple events in in this pandemic era, and you know, Tim Cook's on stage, and then someone else is like walking through a beautiful field at Apple Park. Lisa Jackson was on the roof at one point, which was a little concerning. Yeah, but this time there was still some of that, but. We also saw people like Hyann Drantz in San Diego uh, at this beautiful venue and other people in different parts of California. I think uh, Jeff Williams was like on a cliff somewhere, you know, talking about the Apple Watch. And it was, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, me too. I, you know, I'm weird about that. The um, uh, Casey Liss on Twitter said that California people are like Texas people. They're like really proud of their state and I absolutely agree. The older I get, the more I love uh, being in California. And, you know, I grew up, you know, with surfing and boogie boarding and taking advantage of the local mountains. So I I just, I love my state. And I was really glad to see some of the pieces of it featured. I know it seems like that was kind of like not the popular opinion. A lot of folks in the tech world were like, ah, come on. We don't care about California. Give us the new (laughs) phone, right? But uh, for someone like me, it was actually quite enjoyable to see all those locations. Mm -hmm. 
The shot that really blew my mind was Tim Cook walking out of the desert. I guess he was at Joshua Tree, it looked like. Yeah, yeah. And he stepped out of the desert, like, onto the stage of the Steve Jobs Theater, and then the desert is, is revealed as the background. I was like, yeah, I see you, graphics person. Uh, I really, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, I spend a week or two in California a year, or at least I used to, and I've always really loved it especially once you're outside of san francisco itself and you see, you know i've gotten to see more parts of california over the years yeah. and i thought i just thought it was fun i thought it was different you know we've seen so much of apple park and i think it was a nice way for this event to feel different from its predecessors yeah and I, honestly I, I think there wasn't much more to it than that that you know it's like okay we got to do another video event how many times can we fly the drone around the campus right right so they decided to to go statewide, and that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. But I, uh, you know, it, it, I just kind of liked it. But uh, you know, that's just kind of a passing point. Uh, in general, of course, the production values are amazing. Apple has really nailed this format of these recorded video things, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what happens next. Like when once we get past COVID. How are they going to go back to the thing where you go on stage and wait for the guy to come out and give you the the AR demo? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I really like the pacing of these events. This this whole event was an hour and 15 minutes. They covered a bunch of stuff like we're going to go through in the show. And there was really hardly any fluff in the whole thing. And I uh I I'm very curious, you know, what what happens when things get better and they can use that fancy Steve Jobs theater? Are they just going to like go to that and this will be something that happened and never happens again. Yeah. I I don't know. Um, You know, they have, they also have that outdoor venue. They've got that theater with the rainbow built over it and they haven't used that in the event videos. In my mind, that's going to be like the in between. Yeah. The transition. Right. Like, okay, we can have some people safely here. Uh, It'll all be outside. And then, you know, maybe they end it back in the Steve Jobs Theater eventually, which is a beautiful venue from everything I've seen of it. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting question. I don't think, I, they may not know. I think they're just kind of trying to do the best they can given the the current limitations. Yeah. I wonder, like, in terms of time spent for the executives, which one takes more time? The time to mm-hmm. prep and do a live event or the time to go out and shoot, like, the pre-canned video? There's part of me that thinks that Apple is, they're such control freaks about their messaging that, you know, the pre-canned video is really going to be really hard not to, uh, to, mm-hmm. to step away mm-hmm. from because they know exactly what's going to happen. You're never going to have that, the event where Steve had to complain about everybody turning off their, their, their <laughs> Wi-Fi devices, right? Yeah. 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 No, you know, snafus, no, if there's a demo failure, you know, it's like, oh, we'll just, you know, we'll et- literally edit it out. And if it's live in front of the whole world, you can't really do that. Yep. But either way, nice. It was a nice event overall. And they went straight into the meat of it. The first thing we got to hear about is uh, TV plus Apple TV plus. You have a message here in the outline. Tim Cook, is he a good media CEO? <laughs> Question. I think, I think he is. I mean, I would say that that sitting here today. Apple TV Plus is way more impressive than I thought it would be when it was announced a few years ago. And, you know, they had those sort of initial tries before it was sort of Apple TV Plus, like the uh, 
Planet of the Apps and then a couple other little projects. So we're just really pretty bad. But I think that overall, the caliber of what's on Apple TV Plus is really pretty good. And there's a lot of it that I haven't seen. Uh, I've yeah. you know mostly seen sort of the big name stuff. But I think even off the beaten path, there's some really interesting things. And I think that they're definitely leaning really hard into it. I mean, there was a story just uh, the other day about how the Ted Lasso gang, you know, got a big raise yeah. uh, because it, it's, it's doing so well. And uh, Tim mentioned, you know, we have 130 wins and 500 nominations in two years. Yeah. And Ted Lasso is like a record for a streaming show. And, you know, I think overall it's been very highly reviewed and I just, I'm, I'm surprised by that to be perfectly honest with you. And I think, I think they're doing a really good job at it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we uh, we watch Disney Plus in our house more, which shouldn't be a surprise. But the shows that are on Apple Plus, I have found in general to be very good. And uh, I am, you know, when it comes to Ted Lasso, I am one of those guys who will just not let up. You know, like I've mm-hmm. got one sister who hasn't watched it yet. And literally every telephone call we have, if she's feeling bad about herself, I say, just watch Ted Lasso. Yep. For the love yeah. of Pete, you know, come on. But the, uh, yeah, I, I think they've done, we don't really get to talk about that much on Mac power users. You know, Apple's TV production stuff is not really a subject that we, we cover. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think they're in much better shape after two years than anyone expected myself included. And, um, I think that it seems like what they did is they hired some smart people and they're largely standing aside and letting them do their jobs. And mm-hmm. uh, I hope they continue. Yeah, I would say if you are interested in that, Mike and Jason do a good job over on Upgrade. Or they talk about Apple TV Plus and other streaming services fairly often. And it's not something that's super interesting to me, like that business. Like I enjoy the content, but I'm not interested in the ins and outs of the business. But Mike and Jason are. So if that is something you're interested in, Upgrade does a, a really good job at it, I think. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Text Expander from Smile. Head over to textexpander.com slash podcast to get 20% off and type more with less effort. Text Expander removes the repetition out of work so you can focus on what matters most. With Text Expander, you can say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Better than copy and paste and better than scripts and templates, Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while customizing and personalizing your message. It works on any platform, in any app, anywhere you type. So you can take your time back and increase your productivity with Text Expander. They send you this monthly email that tells you how much time you're saving. I love getting that email because I save hours and days of my life using Text Expander. And show listeners get 20% off their first year. I just sent out an email to a bunch of folks that write about Apple hardware and software about the pending release of the Devon Thing Field Guide. So I had this special email. I had a special subject line, and it was going to different people. So I used Text Expander. I triggered a snippet in the subject line. I used the tab key to jump from the subject line to the body. Then I used an embedded Apple script, which Text Expander can do to put the person's first name in the first line. So it would say, hi, Steven. 
and then it did a carriage return and filled in the text and the information I needed. It made the whole process just seamless and easy, and just one more way that I use Text Expander to save time in my life. You should check it out too. Head over to textexpander.com slash podcast. Let them know you heard about it on the Mac Power Users and start saving yourself time today. All right, when the word iPad went on the screen, what did you think? I thought, is there going to be an October event? Because, <laughs> you know, I kind of thought iPad and Mac maybe together next month. Yeah, and, and and they not only did the word iPad go, but they started going through this all oh, list of lightning fast. I got thinking, are we going to get MacBooks today? You know, just, <laughs> just for, do it all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I was glad to see it. You know, they they started with the the regular iPad, the no adjective iPad. And it's now in its ninth generation. I mean, the thing, the iPad itself is is almost 12 years old. I mean, it was launched, it was announced in early 2010. But, you know, they say this is the most popular iPad. Uh, it's It's the one, you know, that looks like, you know, the traditional iPad with the home button at the, you know, the bottom of the screen and the, the thicker bezels. And it's got the headphone jack. But they sell a ton of these to schools and to enterprise, and you know it's three hundred and twenty nine bucks, and so it's sort of lower spec in some areas, or not as nice as some of the other iPads, like the iPad Air or the Pro. But very clearly an important product, even if it may not be that interesting to sort of like tech people. Yeah, and, but you know it's not A thirteen is not an you know, old chip either. No, it's not. No. Right. And they added the, the front camera to 12 megapixels and center stage, which is, you know, that was the, one of the headline features on the iPad pro like six months ago. Yeah. 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 I didn't expect to see that in the cheap iPad this soon. Uh, but they, they, they also have it in the iPad mini, which we'll talk about in a second. True tone. Again, Mm -hmm. I I always felt like that was a pro feature. I mean, Honestly, I almost think that you know the three twenty nine is the is number the number one selling point about this iPad. I mean, yep, you get into a very powerful computer for three hundred and twenty nine dollars. There's nothing else in the Apple Store where you get that much bang for the buck. I mean, how much is that fancy keyboard for the iPad Pro? Isn't it like three hundred bucks? <laughs> it's pretty expensive. Or two hundred dollars? I think it's two hundred. Either way, it's it's almost the cost of this iPad. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mean, it's it's two ninety nine. Uh, so I was right. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? It's like it's like that keyboard plus one trip to Carl's Jr. and you've got yourself mm-hmm. an iPad. You know, yeah. so oh, dude, dude, for the the thirteen inch iPad Pro, it's three forty nine. It's oh, more okay. expensive than this iPad. So in that case, you get the iPad plus a trip to Carl's Jr. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've got I've got a couple of these iPads in my house. They're I don't know seventh or eighth gen. It's hard to keep <laughs> track of these. Yeah, um, and they're in cases. You know, it's what the kids use. You know, for homework or you know they play games on them and stuff. And we bought them because they were three hundred twenty nine dollars, right? We bought them for the price point, and that really is why this one exists, and it's why it looks the way that it looks, and it's why it uses the first gen Apple pencil, but that lets Apple keep it cheap. And it's why it's the most popular iPad. And I would imagine they didn't say this. I would imagine it's the most popular by quite a healthy margin. 
So be honest here. All the mm-hmm. stuff you do on an iPad, is there anything that you couldn't do on that 329 iPad? Uh, no. I could totally use one of these. Yeah, uh, me too. I was thinking about it too. I mean, I really like the screen refresh on the iPad, which you turn off, but I, I really like it. I was just editing a contract with my iPad today thinking I could be doing this on a $329 iPad. Mm-hmm. But the uh, it is... I really think, and and frankly, that's part of the problem with the iPad, is that it hasn't advanced to the level where you need anything more than a three twenty nine iPad. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm glad that they keep making this. I love being able to tell friends who say they want to get an iPad. To, I love telling them that you can get a three hundred twenty nine dollar one, and you're going to be super happy with it. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people, if they've used an older iPad or you know a phone any time in the last decade, they probably you know like the home button or at the very least they're used to it and you know we we talked about this on a connected but uh, i'll say it here because i think that a lot of people look at this and be like well it still has lightning it's not USB-C. I think for this ipad for the people who buy this ipad it's a strength that it uses lightning you know it's a strength that it has the home button not only because it keeps the price down but that's what they're familiar with and that's what they you know what they already know and so I think a lot of people, uh, you know, including people that I know, like in my family who have, you know, they just get the cheap iPad every four or five years. And this is a great update with the A13. Yeah. And the my biggest knock against it is the Apple Pencil. Um, I think the the Generation 2 Apple Pencil is so much better than the G1 Apple Pencil. And oh, yeah. because I... A lot of the work I do on the on the iPad involves the pencil. Uh, that's I think that's the one reason, one of the reasons why I don't think I would ever want one at this point. But, but boy, if they can ever figure out how to get that second generation pencil, maybe in a few years, the what is now the iPad Air will become the iPad, you know, thirteen or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, that'll be nice. But yeah, good good on Apple for continuing to make a great product at a great price. What about the iPad Mini? Did you see that coming? You know, that had been rumored, and I think a lot of people really wanted a sort of refreshed iPad mini. So it's got the flat sides, it's got Touch ID and the power button, it has the pencil too. And uh, I'm really excited about it. You know, it, it's got a larger screen at 8.3 inches, but from what I have heard, uh, and I think if you look at the website, I think they even have the dimensions. It's actually physically a little smaller Yeah, than the, than the old one. This just seems like a really cool, like little digital notebook. And uh, I've ordered one. I'm very curious about how this product is gonna gonna be in real life, especially for someone who carries the Pro Max phone. I think this is great. Yeah, me too. I mean, I had heard rumors of it as well, but I didn't want to invest in them because I felt like the iPad Mini was a product that they could like update, or they could it could just disappear, or it could be like the iPhone SE and just sit there for years, like it was. So. I didn't really want to get invested in the idea of an improved upon iPad mini, but I'm, I'm super happy they did it. It feels basically like the iPad air, but a smaller version. Um, although it has a better processor than the currently shipping iPad air. Now that I look at it. Yeah, it's got the, it's got the a 15, uh, and it has the five GPU core version. So same as the pro max. And what that says to me is that this iPad mini probably won't get updated every year. You know, it may be, yeah, two or three years, but it's going to be in great shape well beyond that. I mean, I would love to know 
the average age of iPads in use in the world, I bet it's a lot higher than we think it is because they last so long. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I think if you look at this, oh, gosh, they're not going to update it in four years. I think that's totally fine. I I think it will still be great that far down the road. Yeah. One, uh, if I'm going to pick nits, I don't like that they made a camera bump on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit of a bummer. Um, but you know, the the iPad Pro has it, the iPad Air has it. That's kind of the way that it goes now, I guess. Yeah. I, I've got an iPad mini. I mean, my iPad situation now is I have the I think it's a 2018 eleven inch pro. And I sold my big my big one because I kind of scaled back on using that. So I just have that single iPad, but then I have from handed down from one of my kids an iPad mini. I don't have any idea how old it is, but it's in my bedside <laughs> table mm-hmm. and I, I read it every night. I read um, Kindle on it and I read um, Instapaper on it. And it's just a great like kind of bedside reading iPad. Yeah. And it's so thin and light without the camera bump, you can lay it on the table. Um, and uh, I really like, you know, it, it, having this little bedside iPad, but yeah, this is tempting to me. I, I I've got to see what it would cost to, uh, if I could trade this one in, if I could get anything for it, but um, but I really like the new design. I'm not happy with the camera bump, but I'm super happy that it's got the the Apple Pencil support. I had a um, a, a communication today with our friend Chris Bailey, uh, you know, best selling author or former guest on our show, and Chris is a guy who's always thinking about how he can. Um, you know, be more mindful with his work. And he's decided he's getting himself an iPad mini with a cellular radio. And he says, that's going to be his new phone. Whoa. (laughs) And he's, he's going to leave his phone at home. He's got an older phone and he says, he's got a cellular watch. So if he wants to really go light, he can do that. But just, um, he's going to do the iPad mini. I said, Chris, first, please do this experiment. And second, when can you come on MPU and tell us about how it went? Yeah. <laughs> because I got to hear the whole story, <laughs> but he's super jazzed about it. And I can see that. I mean, I feel like this device, I could see people choosing to do that. And, um, I'm, uh, I'm just real curious. I hope I'm not scooping Chris's, uh, his website on this, <laughs> get, get him mad at me, but whatever. But the, uh, I, I think it's a, uh, it's a great idea. And I, I do think that this iPad opens up options for a lot of people. I think it does too. I ordered mine with, with the cellular, you know, I'll, I'll add it to my, just pull for my data plan, you know, the pool sure. of data we have. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, I, I can see that being very attractive. It's like just having this, you know, little thin and light device and, I have really come around and we've, we've spoken about this. I've really come around this year that I just don't, my sort of work isn't well suited to the iPad and the work that is, I just don't want to do it on an iPad. I'd just rather pull out my M one laptop if I'm yeah. somewhere else. And so in a way that has sort of freed me from having a big iPad with a keyboard and trackpad. And so I'm excited to have this as like an around the house you know, just small tablet to do stuff on, like you said. End of the day, I think it'll be perfect. So, is is this going to be your only iPad? I don't know. I mean, I've got a 2018, the the first flat side one, an 11 inch. It's a fantastic iPad. I have the Magic Keyboard with trackpad. I don't yeah. think I'll get rid of that, but you know, I, I think there'll definitely be some shuffling around, and I'll I'll be sure to re- report back on that after I kind of feel it out. 
Yeah, if I decide to get one, I haven't decided yet, but it, it would be, I, w- I think it would open up the possibility of me uh, taking the smaller one, like the mini, when I go out to like client meetings or whatever, to take quick notes on along with an M1 laptop. I think that could be a really nice like mobile rig. It, you know, the, the bottom line is the M1 and Apple Silicon just makes the laptops bring so much parity to the laptops that it didn't have with the iPad before that it does change the equation. And mm-hmm. there's a bunch of discussion about this going on in the MPU forums. And some people have told me that I'm not being fair enough to the iPad anymore. We're going to cover this in the next feedback show because I have thoughts, but I, I just, you know, I, I've changed my usage of the iPad. I haven't thrown it out the window. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that Apple made this device. I think a lot of people are going to be really happy with it. I, I had one of those M1 moments today, actually, during our tech rehearsal for the podcastathon. So my laptop will be on the table and it's routing um, video and audio for some, for a Discord call. And it's also at the same time running Zoom. And so the control room can talk to me and I can hear them in my, you know, my in-ear monitors. And last year I used my 16-inch MacBook Pro that I had and the fans were running the entire time like yeah. loudly and today that M1 13-inch MacBook Pro sat on that table for you know probably 5 or 6 hours running that call running Zoom you know plugged into an interface and plugged into ethernet and and a and an HDMI capture device this year and no noise no struggle and it was just one of those moments of like man Apple they've really got this product in a, in a good place. And uh, yeah. I don't know, it sort of, it really like struck me as like, oh, dang laptop, like you're doing a good job. <laughs> Additional <laughs> features on the um, the iPad mini, stereo landscape speakers. If you turn it in landscape mode, there's stereo sound uh, and a uh, new smart folio. And you had already mentioned second generation pencil support, but no, that's the dream, right? You sit there with a little tiny iPad and a pencil snapped to the side of it. And, and along with some of the new features in iOS 15 that make it easier to take notes, I could I could see that working. I just think this is a big win. It starts at $499 and it comes in some of those those new colors, which I'm sure we'll talk about with the phone. Yeah, it's if you're an iPad mini fan, I think that I think that it was the headliner for a lot of people. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by Quip. Here's a question you probably don't get asked very often. When's the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? Well, with Quip's smart electric toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more. The Quip smart brush is for adults and kids alike and connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth so you can track when and how well you're brushing Get tips and coaching to improve your habits. Earn points for daily brushing and bonus points for competing in challenges like streaks. You can also redeem for rewards like free products, gift cards, and discounts from Quip and their partners. Here's a cool feature. Quip has a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help you know that you're cleaning your whole mouth evenly. Turns out that 90% of people don't brush for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly. So with this built-in timer, you don't have to worry. Beyond the brush, Quip has everything you need to build a complete routine. Like mint or watermelon toothpaste with anti-cavity ingredients for strong, healthy teeth. 
Floss that expands to clean and comes in a refillable dispenser to reduce waste. And refillable sugar-free gum that delivers long-lasting minty flavor, freshens breath, and can help prevent cavities. In addition to brush heads, Quip also delivers that fresh floss, toothpaste, mouthwash, and gum refills every three months from just $5. And shipping is free, so you can save money and skip the hustle and bustle of in-store shopping. Join over 5 million people who are using Quip. Save hundreds of dollars compared to other Bluetooth-enabled brushes. You can get your Quip smart brush for just $45. So start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today. Go to GetQuip. That's GetQuip. Q-U-I-P. GetQuip.com slash MPU right now to save $10 on a Quip smart electric toothbrush. That's $10 off a smart electric toothbrush at getquip.com slash MPU. Quip, the good habits company. Our thanks to Quip for their support of the show and Relay FM. So up next, we had the uh, the seventh generation Apple Watch. This is Jeff Williams walking along a cliff talking talking about the Apple Watch. Of course, as Jeff Williams does. Sure, <laughs> I guess. Uh, you know, there was a there was um, an announcement in here that Watch OS eight was bringing better workout and fall detection for bike riding. So that's great for me as someone who rides and occasionally crashes a bike. <laughs> Is it occasionally though? It seems like it's frequently to me. I just get these random pictures of your wipeout sometimes. Yeah, it's. I mean, some, sometimes things happen, but, um, what, now, what are you doing? Because I, I have a bike too, yeah. that I ride all the time and I don't cry. I think you're more aggressive with Maybe. your bike riding than I am. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, also, I, I remember watching that thinking, <laughs> well, maybe Stephen Hackett will live a little bit longer. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, also support for e-bikes. And so they've, I guess they've worked out a way to more accurately, work out how much, you know, effort you're making versus effort the bike is making. Also, I guess this would benefit people uh riding things like um Peloton or stationary bike maybe. It just seems like a lot of a lot of attention has gone into uh bicycle riding and the Apple Watch, which is great because as someone who's worn an Apple Watch mostly since it's come out and who rides a lot, in the early days the Apple Watch wasn't that useful on a bike. And it has gotten a lot better, and this just seems to really uh, push it further down the road. And that's a Watch OS eight feature, so old watches should get it as well, as my understanding. And uh, I'm 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 excited about that. Yeah, the interesting thing of the announcement was the flat side controversy. I mean, all of the rumor sites, Mark Gurman included, had predicted that we were going to have something that looks like you know the the design aesthetic of the iPhone and the iPad Pro and a watch. And I don't know, we never talked about it on the show going in, but I actually was a little nervous about that because I really love my Apple Watch. And I felt like if they do this flat side thing, I'm not sure I'm going to want to wear that. You know, it didn't sound to me like a very attractive watch. And then also I've got all these bands. Does that mean I'm going to lose all my bands? Well, it turns out we got a, a new Apple Watch that has a slightly bigger screen it's still just as curvy as always. And somehow the rumors got it all wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting story and, you know, we may never know really what happened with those rumors. It may be that 
Yeah. I, I truly believe that sometimes Apple will plant information to try to root out leakers, or maybe there was a change, although Gruber thinks that's probably not the case. But something, you know, was rumored that, that didn't take place. But I think, I mean, looking at Apple's website, and of course, of course, one downside to no in-person events, like we were speaking about at the top of the show, is there was no hands-on the day of. You know, it used to be that they'd announce these phones, media would go out into the lobby, and there would be, you know, 10 videos on YouTube that night of, you know, media outlets looking at the phones, looking at the watches. And we haven't yeah. had that. And so we're only really reliant at this point, even a few days later, on what Apple has said and shown. But I think pushing the screen out to the edges, the much thinner bezels, I think it looks really nice, especially if you're using a watch face that uses a color background or maybe one of those photo watch faces because it really shows it off. Yeah, yeah. And they've done some new engineering on the glass to make it less breakable, I guess. And now I know you've broken some Apple watch glass. Three, yeah, three watches. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've never broken one. I, I but I, I did scratch one, and then the I the one I'm currently wearing is a Series Five, which I bought the titanium one, which has the better, I don't remember what it's called, but it's it's a better crystal. Yeah, they use uh, sapphire on those. Yeah, and that watch, there are zero scratches on that watch after two years of wearing it every day and banging it into door handles and everything else. So it's um. It's a good watch, so I'm glad they made it better, but it's, I've never really had a problem with it. I've gone in the ocean with it. I've um, done a lot with this watch on and not had any problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I, uh, I, I actually like the design of it. I'm glad they didn't muck around with it too much. And I know that a lot of people making podcasts may disagree with me, but I, it's just, for me, personally, I like the look of it. I'm good. Um, I do like the idea of additional pixels on the screen, though. I think if you're going to put it on your wrist, you might as well get as many pixels as possible. Um, we talked about this at WWDC, but I just think, you know, the bigger and more colorful the screen gets, the more obvious it is that Apple's watch faces are not sufficient. We need more, and uh, they need to find a way to let other people make them. Yeah, it really screams for that at this point, and maybe they'll do it, and maybe they'll do it in the future, but... It would be one thing if Apple were more aggressive about updating old watch faces or creating new ones that are actually good <laughs> or like yeah. useful. Yeah, but like, so many uh, of the ones they've added over the years, I think, are so a lot of them are so specific to different people's taste that it's like I don't know like what the default one is anymore. Yeah, I feel like the watch face they uh they they use are like they're made to look amazing in stage presentations. Like this, just with the announcement, they had this like liquid one where the numbers like bleed over to the edge yeah, and like change. And that looked really cool on stage, but I can never imagine myself using that watch face. Um, no, it's like the lava lamp of watch faces. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. But I currently, I, I use, there's three that I kind of jump between. I use the, um, the California face, which I guess shouldn't surprise you, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't use it in the full screen mode. I use it in the circular mode, so I can get some complications. And then I use the um, the modular ones. I use the modular uh, digital and the modular analog, which both of which I've loaded up with complications, and it just kind of depends on how I feel that day as to which one I turn on. But I'm not super happy about any of them. I I do, and I know this is a tangent because we're talking about the hardware today, but 
But boy, that that product needs an infusion of creativity for watch faces. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it again sometime. The uh, the battery life, they say, is about the same. They say 18 hours. You know, I think people's maybe more than any other product. I think people's actual battery life on the Apple Watch is really all over the place, just depending on how you use it and what you do with it. But uh, one neat feature, and it's it's an option, you can go out and now get a USB-C Apple Watch puck, you know, charger thing that will charge it uh, much more quickly. And so in particular, if you're doing overnight sleep tracking, you can get eight hours of battery life in just a few minutes. Really, that sort of nice fast charging is uh, is now available, but you do need that that nicer charger. And uh, the charger doesn't come in the in the um in the box you got to go out and get the nicer one just kind of like the iphones right you can fast charge an iphone if you go get the right cable and the right uh the right brick but for people who use their watch that way it's nice that there's an option even if it is optional so are you getting one i don't know i mean i'm i'm happy with the with the watch i've got i don't um i don't like the aluminum colors any of them and so it would be a titanium and, uh, you know, they're not, they're not shipping yet, right? They've said later this fall. So I'm kind of thinking about waiting to see what the MacBook pro field yeah. looks like this fall and then deciding, do <laughs> I, you know, upgrade to an M one X or M two or whatever, uh, or do I do a watch because doing all of this is getting expensive quickly. So, um, like I said, I'm happy with the watch I've got now. We'll see. Uh, I, I don't feel super compelled uh by this upgrade to be perfectly honest i think it's fantastic if you're coming from a a three or four or five you know uh, the apple watch i don't think is designed or built in mind with with people who, who upgrade every year yeah but uh we'll see i'm tempted i because i have my series five that one thing that really stood out to me is that the it's much brighter when it's in um standby mode you know the like and mine the screen noticeably dims you know, with that always on display. And I understand it's much brighter now. And I feel like my series five is probably at peak return value. You know, if I wait another year, I'm not sure how much it'll be worth in terms of return value. So I'm going to, I'm going to wait though and and see how it goes, Mm -hmm. but I have the same problem. I, I really, I bought this titanium as a kind of like a treat yourself kind of moment. And I smile every time I look at this thing. I love, I've never had an Apple watch that I liked as much as this one. And so that's like, if I'm going to trade it in for an aluminum one, I might just decide to stay with titanium for another year with this one, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. we'll see. But yeah, nice upgrade. Um, And, uh, you know, good on Apple. Uh, We didn't mention, but the series three sticking around is, is my, pain point um I, I mean you and i both know a bunch of people develop apps for the watch and and maintaining support for series three is like the bane of their existence but so that's one reason why i wish the series three would go away but also i just don't want people out there buying series three apple watches i feel like apple should find a way to get that that apple watch se low enough in price that people can get that one because it's so much better than the series three yeah that's a bummer I think, I think that's a real shame that they couldn't bring down the the SE price. But you know, maybe next year. There's always a yeah. yeah. We'll just have to wait and see. 
Wait and see. I mean, it's so easy to spend other people's money, isn't it? <laughs> it's great. Yeah, Apple, come on. <laughs> Uh, they they sort of tied in into this. They they sort of walked right into Apple Fitness Plus, which I thought yeah. was interesting. Services just weren't at the top of the event; they were sort of spread throughout. Yeah, but the short of it is, there's uh, more classes coming every week. They have some new categories coming, including uh, Pilates and guided meditations. And uh, workouts to get you ready for snow sports. So I guess all you snowboarders out there, you know, get get ready to get yeah. strong. That was kind um, of odd, but yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, I think the, the biggest thing here is that SharePlay, which is the iOS 15 feature, will not be there at launch, uh, which is on Monday, <laughs> as we're listening to this, oh, you know, uh, coming right up. Uh, SharePlay is going to be coming to fitness plus and so you'll be able to get a group of friends and do a fitness plus class together i think that's really cool i mean a lot of people like group fitness a lot of people obviously are uncomfortable or unable to do that right now and to me at least i haven't really been sold on the idea of share play of like you know let me watch a movie with somebody and we're on a facetime call it all syncs up like that's just that doesn't really pique my interest yeah, but this does, and, and I think that I think a lot of people, if they ever use SharePlay, it may be through Fitness Plus. To be to be honest, yeah, the one I thought that they should do because we do um, competitions some, with some of my family and friends, but we can't do a competition with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was going to be when they started talking about this kind of like more community environment. That was going to be the next penny to drop. I, I was kind of shocked that that wasn't announced because I felt like that would have been a pretty easy feature to add. But priorities, yada yada yada. Um, I use Apple Fitness Plus almost daily. Are you a Are you a fan? Are you using this service at all at this point? Where Yeah, where I am. Um, several times a week, I'm doing a class yeah. and I set my iPad up on a shelf in my garage and I have my AirPods and I've really come to, to enjoy it. You know, my, my wife uses a different online service, uh, that I think fits what she wants to do better. Sure. But I've been really happy with it and we pay for Apple one cause we want all the other stuff. So it's like, well, I have it and it's been, it's been great. I think that they do a really good job and, and Tim cook or Jeff Williams or the, I forget the guy who's in charge of fitness, his name, one of them was like, you know, something that's special about Fitness Plus is like the trainers, you get to have a relationship with them. And you've talked about this where your family has favorite trainers and yeah. you like following along with them and you get to know them because they're just sharing, you know, naturally in the conversation. Like I did a um, a cool down session the other night and the trainer Greg did it and, you know, it was sort of like stretching, breathing thing. And he mentioned that, you know, while he was doing things like this, he would often think about his dad. I was like, that's a really, you know, it gives you connection with these these people on the other side of the screen. And I've just, I've really come to like the way they've done it. And so, you know, Fitness Plus is a, is a service that I will continue to pay for and continue to, to use. Yeah. I mean, one of our favorite trainers had a baby and like we were following her on Instagram and like. It's like you feel like you know her. I mean, yeah. people have the same experience with podcasters. You know, sometimes sure. we'll meet meet listeners somewhere, and and you do get this relationship with these people. So I I'm really happy with it. I used to pay way more money to be along to a gym before you know all this stuff happened. And when things get better, I do not intend to go back to the gym. I like this so much better. 
Apple made like a little promo video and every point they made has stuck with me. It's like, I don't have to deal with the, you know, the weirdness of a gym. I can use my own shower. It's just like everything. Yeah. It's just, I love it. And I didn't think I would like it because what I was doing before was I was using FitPod, which gives you workouts. Yeah. And then I would watch like YouTube videos about Socrates or something. And, uh, but no, actually having someone up there coaching me on the screen is way better than looking at an app that's giving me little videos of what I'm supposed to do next. And I, uh, I, it just, you know, I guess we've said enough, but uh, if you haven't tried fitness plus and you're interested in it, um, it works, it works. Good job, Apple. Good I'm just job. Cu- I'm curious when they're going to like take the next step and like suddenly you're going to see like Apple branded fitness equipment that, you know, why aren't they doing kind of the Peloton model? Yeah. Or, or even like put, you know, gym kit is this, this system they have where your Apple watch can talk to equipment, you know, like a treadmill or something in a gym. Yeah. And even that is like, why, why can't I, you know, more easily get my hands on that as someone who's, you know, slowly building out a home gym. I hope they do. I hope they do more of that in the future, you know, more integration because a lot of people have that equipment or in the, or maybe are looking at it. And if it tied in with this stuff better, you know, I'd be more likely to go out and get something that worked with this as opposed to something that didn't. This episode of the Mac power users is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move and enter offer code MPU at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, they've got you covered. Squarespace combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online and make your ideas a reality. Squarespace has everything you need to create a beautiful and modern website. You start with a professionally designed template and use drag and drop tools to make it your own. You can then customize the look and feel, the settings, the products you have on sale, and more with just a few clicks. And all Squarespace websites are optimized for mobile. Your content automatically adjusts so it will look great on any device. You'll also get free unlimited hosting top-of-the-line security, and dependable resources to help you succeed. There's nothing to patch or upgrade. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They'll even let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. Plus, you'll have everything you need for SEO and email marketing to get your ideas out there. You can use Squarespace to turn your big idea into a new website or showcase your work with their incredible portfolio designs. You can publish your next blog post, promote your business, announce an upcoming event, and much more. I am a huge fan of Squarespace. I've been a customer for many, many years. I've got my most important things on there. Both uh, MaxSparky.com and my legal website are both Squarespace hosted. And just recently, I had the opportunity to refresh the design of MaxSparky.com. I love it. And when I go to the website now, it still kind of surprises me to see that new design. It looks so great. And I did it largely all on a Sunday in front of the television. So head to Squarespace.com MPU for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code MPU to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that is squarespace.com slash MPU. And when you decide to sign up, 
Use the offer code MPU to get that 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the Mac Power Users. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of the Mac Power Users and all of Relay FM. It took them a while, but they got to the main event eventually. We got the new iPhone 13 and 13 Pro. So I guess let's start with the name. Are you surprised that they use the unlucky number 13? No, I mean, I, I don't think Apple really cares about that sort of thing. Yeah. To, to, to be honest. I, I'm not either. I, I am a little surprised. Well, I'm not surprised. I'm just, I'm just curious as to what goes into the decision to make it an S versus a new number, you know, because I could have easily seen this year being an S year. And it, maybe arguably kind of was an S year. Uh, I I don't know. That may be a little unfair, but I, you know, for a long time it was three G three GS four, four S yeah. You know, very consistently. And they've sort of broken that down where we had the seven, the eight, the 10, the 10 S then 11, 12, 13. And so I wonder if the S is gone. I hope uh, so. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. So. I I think it's easier if you just have every year get a new number. Yeah. Um, either way. Uh, so starting with the iPhone 13, not the Pro, just the iPhone 13. We got the same size as this last year, the regular one and the 13 mini. Um, the screens are brighter, uh, 800 nits up to 1200 for HDR. And we got some new colors. Yeah. the The colors on everything this year are just really interesting to me. There's not really <laughs> that a... That is not approval. That is not approval. No, I, I don't... And is it, I mean, part of that... So much of that's personal taste, right? But yeah. the 13 uh, comes in a product red, which I think looks fantastic. But then there's pink, uh, blue, midnight, which is like space gray, but if you turn the blue slider up a little bit, like a dark yeah. blue gray. Yeah. And then starlight, which is silver... With just like it's like a, a someone breathed on it, and they you know like a, a breath of gold dust settled into the, into the silver paint, and that's actually the, yeah. the color my wife likes. She's gonna a new iPhone Mini this year, but and the same thing with the with the Apple Watch. There's not a space gray. There's not a silver. There's no like neutral color. And Apple has teams of people who study color and they know what's in and what's not. I, I certainly don't, you know, I wear a black podcast t-shirt every day. So don't listen to me about fashion, but it is something that I just found a little surprising. Like, Oh, even the sort of defaults got a tweak this year. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I am glad the mini's back. I had written in a post that I don't know anybody that owns a current mini that wants to make their next phone a mini and, Boy, did I hear about that. Um, so a lot of yeah. people emailed me to tell me that they have a mini and they would like another mini. So yeah, um, I was a little wrong there. But they did up the battery life this year, which I think probably solves one of the biggest problems for the mini was the battery life. Yeah, when I was telling Mary, you know, that evening when she got home from work about what was, you know, in the the event. So, you know, the the 13 mini. She's got the 12 mini. She really likes the size. I said, it's got a better camera, but it's going to get an hour and a half more battery life. And she said, I want one. <laughs> and she has, it never, ever wanted to upgrade a phone year over year. And this time the, I, I think, I mean, the camera was part of it, 
but I think it was mostly battery life. Now that's a little bit of yeah. a condemnation of the the twelve yeah, mini. It is. Yeah, but uh, she's you know she's all for it. So I think that people who like the mini, maybe they have a dark future ahead of them if it doesn't you know continue to be updated, and that's certainly the rumor. But this this one looks like a a, a pretty good upgrade over the the last one. And who knows, the Mini can still be saved. I feel like, you know, with better battery life and and a better camera system, you may find a bunch of people want Minis this year that didn't buy them last year. So Apple may change their mind based on what happens this year. Maybe. So if, if you'd like your 12 Mini, buy a 13 Mini to tell Apple yes. to keep making it. <laughs> That's exactly what Tim wants you to do. Just buy it's, another it's one. True. Just to make the point. Vote with your wallet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the notch got smaller. Honestly, that means nothing to me. I I just don't think I care at all that the notch got smaller. Is that a big deal to you? Honestly, I don't even see the notch anymore. Like it's just yeah. what the phone is. I mean, we'll see if it's like a big difference in in person, but I can't imagine that it's going to be the reason a lot of people go out and upgrade. Yeah, there was an interesting tidbit. The antenna lines are made of recycled water bottles. That's pretty cool. I miss yeah. that. Yeah, that is cool. You know, Apple's trying to do it right. Um, wh- why do they, the A15's out, the A15 Bionic, how many years have they been calling it the Bionic chip now? I'm kind of tired of that. Yeah, it's been around a long time. Uh, I would like to maybe change it up a little bit. There, there. I think there is some question about how much faster this is than the A14. But in my mind, that's mostly academic because for years I've never thought that my iPhone was slow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I often, when you watch these events, you think about the competitors and then they get to the part with the chip. It's like, what do the competitors say? I mean, I, I don't know exactly what the parallel is on the Android side now for the top of the line chip, but I know it's like years behind Apple's. Yeah, it's a, it's the Snapdragon uh 888 and it is by most accounts you know basically any way you look at it, it is slower than what apple's doing and, and remember too you know apple is it's far more than just what ends up in the in the phone you know apple is really building this entire family of processors and so yeah i want to get too worked up about any specific chip being any specific way because on the whole they're they're so far ahead that it, it doesn't really matter to me if this one's not as impressive as maybe it could have been like still fantastic did did apple give any explanation of why the battery life is so much faster better now because i mean on the on the mini you get another hour and a half on the regular the iphone 13 you get two and a half more hours i mean i i don't think they really ever explained what they're doing to get that much more battery life I think they mentioned in passing that the phones do have bigger batteries, but Apple never talks about actual battery capacity. You know, it's kind of hand wavy, like there's a battery. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, so I assume it's some combination of that and, you know, whatever new efficiencies they've been able to, to ring out of this thing. Yeah. Also, this is the second year of 5G, so I'm guessing they probably got smarter about that too. Maybe, yeah. The camera rigs. What do you think of the new cameras in the iPhone 13? I think it's welcome that the ultra wide is better. Uh, it's not as good as what comes on the 13 Pro, 
but I think the ultra wide has been a little behind, especially in low yeah. light performance. And so bringing that up to, to snuff is, is, is good. The thing that I think is most impressive to me though, is that they've been able to bring the optical image stabilization that they introduced on the 12 pro last year, the sensor shift. So instead of just moving the lens around the actual, the actual sensor moves. Yeah. Bringing that to the mainline iPhone is really, really cool. And I think a lot yeah. of people are really going to notice that. Yeah, agreed. And just overall, I mean, they upgraded the hardware on all the cameras this year, and I think that's good. Um, let us know in the forum if you guys think we should try and get Austin Mann back. I feel like this might be a really good year to talk to him with with you know some significant changes to the to the hardware on these phones. Um, they, they also talked about MagSafe and this new wallet and, uh, the, in passing, they made the comment that the wallet now has find my support. And uh, it seems like I can't get the straight answer as to what that means. Have you seen anything on that? Uh, no. And my assumption is that the phone just knows. And when the wallet drops off that, I don't think there's like an air tag sewn into that thing. Like where would it yeah. go? Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a weird one. Yeah, I, I don't really understand either. Does that apply to old wallets or old and or only new wallets? Um, but either way, that is something that we're going to keep our eyes on. And, you know, the fact that they thought of putting, you know, find, oh, you know what? They called it Find My Support. They did not call it AirTags. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, maybe it's just like you said, it just tracks when the wallet drops off. But boy, Apple... That is something we would all like to see more of with the other things you make. Yeah. Apple TV remote, please. Oh yeah. That thing, that thing should have an air tech baked into it. Like, yeah, uh, you know, you always lose it in the, in the cushions and you want it to beep and it, it can't. We got this thing with cinematic mode. I want to talk about that in relation to the iPhone 13 pro. Okay. Let's just put a, 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 a cause that one is one I've been thinking about a lot. Um, yeah, I bet. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Disney vlogger over there. Oh yeah. Yeah. The one that has like a hundred views per video. Yeah. (laughs) Never have I worked so hard for so little. That's okay. You're having fun. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's actually, that's all it is. It's fun. Um, uh, same prices. Yeah, that's great. Uh, the, the iPhones are expensive and it's nice to see them be able to retain that price point, especially with all the new camera hardware. Sometimes when Apple adds a new hardware feature, it's sort of used as an ex- as a reason or as an excuse, depending on how you look at it, to make the cost go up. But they didn't do that. They held the line this year, and the uh, like on the iPads, the the storage situation I think is uh, it's a little bit better this year, which is good too. Well, it's a lot better. It starts at one twenty eight gigs, which. Um... Remember when it was 16 just a few years ago? Oh, man. <laughs> I complained about that on every podcast I recorded for years. Yeah, but at 128 is I think it makes the entry price, the entry level iPhone very usable mm-hmm. for most people. So yep. good. Yep. Um, and with all those uh, with all those rumors circulating about chip prices going up with all the things going on with, you know, the chip shortages, I thought that was kind of like just priming the pump to tell us that the prices were going to go up on the iPhones and they didn't. Hmm. So good on all that. This episode of the Mac power users is brought to you by indeed. 
Have you ever looked at your company's hiring practices and thought, there's got to be a better way to do this? You're not the only person. So look at Indeed. Indeed is innovating recruiting by letting you only pay for quality candidates that meet your must-have requirements. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even the interviewing. So don't just hope that the perfect candidate will find you. Use Indeed's hiring tools to help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. With Indeed assessments, choose from over 135 skills tests. These can help you make sure you're finding the applicants from people around the world with the skills you really need. And according to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So join the more than 3 million businesses that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. So get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com MPU. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com MPU. Indeed.com MPU. This offer is valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Our thanks to Indeed for the support of the show. And Relay FM. Okay, 13 Pro showed up. It looks a lot like the 12 Pro, which in my mind is kind of a good thing. I really like I really like my 12 Pro. I do too. I think it's I think the flat sides are fantastic. I like the stainless steel, even though it does make it heavier. Yeah. I think it's uh I think it's a, a nice premium feeling phone. Yeah. Uh, this year, the new color is Sierra Blue, which is a nice light blue. Of all the custom colors over the years, this is the one that I'm most tempted by. I, I think it looks kind of nice. Interesting. I, I have been torn on this. I've had a silver phone for years, and I like that sort of classic look. Uh, but the Sierra Blue, like, it, it's it's definitely grown on me since the event, and uh, Mary's pushing me to that because, you know, she's like, yeah, do something fun this year. And I just like, I know I got friends who like, like the gold. I just can't, I just can't do it. And, yeah. uh, again, the, like the black podcast t-shirt every day and me, you know, can't do the gold phone, but I think that the Sierra blue may be what I end up with. It may be a game day decision on pre-order, which, you know, is 12 hours from now, but we'll see. Well, I've already got my pre-order picked out, but I'm not going to tell you yet. Let's wait till we Ooh. get to the end. Okay. The um uh the cameras are big boys. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've never noticed such big cameras in the back of an iPhone before, and, and the, I mean, they. I guess part of me who's 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 always asking for better camera systems in the iPhone, I shouldn't complain, but boy, those are big cameras. You know, for a long time we we've spoken about the reason people upgrade iPhones is the camera that for most people it's by far the best or maybe even only camera they own. And it is like the reason people just the reason people upgrade. Yeah. And I I thought it was really interesting on the 13, but especially the 13 pro Apple announced them as if they were cameras with like phones attached to the back of them. Like when they showed off the 13 pro, it's like the zooming CGI of the the camera bump and even and the if lens you look, system yeah yeah and if like you look at the web pages or the product videos 
so much to talk about, especially with the pro camera is about the camera and what the camera system, I should say, and yeah. what it can do, you know? Yeah. Like the, the bump is a little annoying if you don't use a case, but most people do in most cases accommodate for it. So, you know, have at it. Yeah. Well, where, where earlier I was saying, I don't want any bump on the back of an iPad mini. I'll take as big a bump as Apple wants to give me on the back of an iPhone. Cause <laughs> I use that as a camera and I do want those better lens systems. And uh, the one that really stood out to me the most was the ultra wide because I have the 12 pro and the ultra wide lens on it is, is almost a, I feel to me like a gimmick lens on the 12 pro. It just doesn't, it just not up to the standard of the normal wide lens. Uh, it doesn't do the night shots. And I like that wide field of view, but I just, it's just hard to use it because the footage it gets is not great. Hmm. And they did a lot. I mean, not only did the iPhone 13, the standard iPhone 13, get an improved wide, uh, ultra wide camera, the iPhone uh, 12 pro, I'm sorry, 13 pro got an even better upgrade to the ultra wide. And I am super jazzed to see what that, how that works. Yeah. It got the, uh, the ability to autofocus in the ultra wide. And that is, that's pretty spectacular. And I think that the, what that gives them is not only the old, the better ultra wide, but if you go and look at what they're talking about, the, uh, the ability now to do macro photography and macro video, and it's using the ultra wide lens to do that. That's something you've never really been able to do on an iPhone before, unless you went out and bought, you know, a moment lens or something, you know, auto clip or something yeah. like that, which are, are fine products. And I've owned plenty of them on and off over the years. But now it's just in the phone. And I'm really excited about the macro photography. I like that style of photography a lot. A lot of what I do at work, like documenting weird Apple products, like could benefit from that sort of photography. And before now, I'd have to break out my camera and like the special lens and all this lighting. And now for, you know, something quick, I can just do it right on my phone. Like, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. And on the flip side, the optical zoom lens is now 3x. It was 2x before. It was 2.5x on the um, on the Pro Max last year, but now three times. I think more reach is better. I, I really like. I've never felt like 2x was enough for a zoom lens, and now it's three, which I understand is somewhere around 70 millimeters. I believe. Uh, yeah, it's uh, 77 uh, okay. millimeters. Nice, you know. And, you know, equivalent. Um, yeah, so that that's great. And mm-hmm. I mean, bring it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of Android phones have really pushed that, you know, some of them use like periscope lenses where the light actually gets reflected down inside the body and, and that sort of thing. And Apple's not going to that length and maybe they will in the future, but I agree with you. Like I would prefer more flexibility <laughs> out of my camera and it's amazing how many times I've used the optical zoom on the 12 pro max, not even like taking pictures of like, you know, wildlife or kids or something. Just like, I seen like take a picture of something, you know, in everyday punch life. In. Yeah. yeah. And just punch in. And so I'm, I'm excited about that. So you've got now 13, I think is it 13 millimeter for the ultra wide and 77 for the mm-hmm. zoom. So you've got a nice wide range of optical lenses. So you don't have that, cruddy digital zoom stuff but you've got a really nice set of lenses there and you know better low light every year they get bigger sensors and better low light so 
like I said, I, I think this is going to be taking, I mean, the iPhone 12 as it is takes amazing pictures. Um, but when you get a bigger sensor, you get a better ultra wide, um, I think we'll probably see another noticeable bump, noticeable bump up to the iPhone 13 pro. So amen. Uh, let, let's talk a minute about the, um, the cinema view mode, what they call that cinematic mode. Yes. Uh, um, so that's the idea. We have portrait mode on the cameras of the existing phones, which I use a lot. I don't know. Do you use it much, Steven? Not, not, not a ton. Okay. So portrait mode is the idea where it uses a combined bit of information. Largely, I think it, it compares, it creates a three-dimensional map based on the, the zoom lens and the normal lens uh, to map the depth of field. So mm -hmm. then it can do like kind of that blurring effect you get with really nice cameras and lenses where you get separation uh, of the background. And I know uh, camera stops will say it's not good enough and it doesn't work right, but it, it gets progressively better every year. And for a lot of people, that's great. But I've always wanted it on video, particularly as Daisy and I make these videos at Disneyland together. I think it'd be great to have a little blurry background. And I, I do have a nice camera that I bring with us, but it's heavy and it's uh, stabilization is not great. And, you know, it would be cool if I could do that with my iPhone and that they announced cinematic mode, which they really sold as a focus racking mechanism. Yeah. Where you can have like, and they did that with like, it was a knockoff on knives out, you know, where they've got this, you know, a murder has occurred and the investigators there and they zoom between the suspect and the object on the shelf or whatever. Um, that's okay. I didn't think it was great. Um, in terms of just the racking mechanism, it looked to me like the lens was still hunting a bit. It didn't always just like get right to the focus. It seemed mm -hmm. a little faster than what I'm used to seeing with that type of effect, you know, when done by a human using a movie camera, but you know, that's cool. But the thing that really stood out for me, which Apple never really made explicit was no, this is, this is a computational photography. We are blurring the background, not using the physics of the lens, but using the same stuff we use to blur the background in portrait mode. Yeah. The other feature that they like, it was a sentence, but if you go and like watch the product video, it's in more detail. Uh, so when you're shooting a scene, you know, David, you know, you're looking at the lens and, and you know, something's behind you and you turn around and look at it and the focus follows you because they're doing all this machine learning. Well, you can also do that in post. And so you can change it after you've shot the video and maybe make adjustments to what it did automatically. And so maybe you can uh, accommodate for some of the things that it does that may be weird. I agree with you in their demo video, which is a lot of fun. Like, yeah, this is doing some things that I wouldn't do, you know, as someone who has a nice camera, like knows a little bit about how to use it. Uh, some of the moves weren't quite what I would which is what I would want to do. But I think that the ability to go in afterwards and tweak it like you can portrait photos, you know, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And it's not going to look as good as video. I shoot on my full size Sony sensor, right? No, it just, of course not. It's not going to, but, but if I could in a jam use the iPhone camera to do this, and I, I do really believe that like that blurry background when you pull your subject out, it really makes a more pleasant viewing experience. I am, I'm going to be giving it a shot. I mean, I'm super curious about it and, uh, and I can't wait to try it out. 
I mean, maybe it'll be ugly like the original portrait modes, or maybe it'll be pretty good. I don't, if you use portrait mode today, you go on your iPhone 12 or 11 or whatever, and you just put your phone in portrait mode, it live renders that, that bokeh, that, you know, that separation and blurry background while you're shooting a picture. In fact, some people like that have wanted to get that in their video, they do like a screen recording while they've got the bokeh mode open in their photos app. You know, hmm. that's a, like a hack around it right now. Um, so it, it, the phone is capable of doing it, but I, uh, like I said, I, I feel like they didn't really, they got really hung up on the racking and the focus change. And I feel like the main feature here is a lot of, there are a lot of people that are going to be shooting, you know, mystery, uh, you know, w- mystery movies with their phone. But I think there are a lot of people that would like to get more separation with their video on occasion. I think so too. And and I think like portrait mode in photos, we'll figure out what it's good at and where it sort of falls down and and people will accommodate for that. But like portrait photo, you you said it a second ago, it should improve over time because so much of this is machine learning and algorithms and all this intelligent stuff. That means that Apple can make it better as time goes on, just like they have with portrait mode on photos. And so just because it's like, potentially weird now doesn't mean it always will be and yeah i just i think i think apple packing more creative tools into the phone is fantastic and this is an example that you know it may have some limitations like for instance uh, cinematic mode is limited to 1080p at 30 frames a second so no high frame rate and no 4k that'll get better with time as well and you know, we'll see. This is a first step, and I think that we should judge it as that once we get our hands on it. Yeah, but when you take the iPhone's great video stabilization, um, we may have a future Disneyland Field Guide, you know, video shot just with the iPhone, just to see how it goes. It's pretty cool. Um, the other big thing about the new iPhone uh, a Pro, the 13 Pro, that we didn't mention yet is the variable frame rate. You know, it ranges from 10 to 120 hertz. Historically, it's been at 60. Uh, what'd you think about that? I'm not a high frame rate person. I forgot you don't like it. it you turn it, it off, right? I do. It's off on my iPad Pro because it makes me feel nauseous. And <laughs> okay, whether or not well, that's I love it. with the phone, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Mike Hurley and all these people are really excited about it. I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to turn it off in the accessibility settings. <laughs> but I, for for almost everybody this is going to be a really nice upgrade. I know people have been really enthusiastic about this feature on a bunch of Android phones. It's all over the place in the Android ecosystem and the Apple's a little behind there. And so I think a lot of people are excited to get their hands on it. So not for me, but I'm, I'm glad they're doing it. I love it. I've got it on my iPad and um, I noticed that I don't have it on my phone. So uh, and so long as it doesn't kill the battery, but it must not be because they're saying that the, the actual battery life has improved. Um, I think we're good. And and the idea that it drops down to 10, when you think about it, how often do you spend looking at your phone when there's nothing moving on the screen? For me, it's, it's quite often. If I'm reading a book or an email or whatever, there are whole periods of time that, you know, I would guess that it's dropping down to a much lower frame rate than the iPhone 12 does. Yeah, they said, I think, 10 is the bottom. Yeah. So, yeah, it's impressive, you know, and 
there's been like, I don't even want to say rumors because I don't think it's that solid. There have been conversations around even like this sort of thing coming to the Mac eventually, because if you are creating high frame rate content, like in a game or video work or something, uh, you're kind of doing without being able to see it. And so some of those like, like, with like the phones now have like brightness levels that are more in line with HDR content. You can buy a pro display XDR to master that content. Now I feel like frame rates kind of the next thing where like, yeah, Apple like makes these devices, but they also make these computers that people create content on for the devices. And so I can see like pro motion, just like extended dynamic range just like some of the um, even some of the the camera stuff that's come from the iPhone back to the Mac, like these features are going to become more universal over time. I mean, I think that's I think that's good. You know, even the little Apple Watch, right? That's where we first saw Apple, um, you know, doing some of these things with this really, really low refresh rate. You know, the yeah. the iPad Pro introduced it, but the the always on screen one reason that's possible is because they can slow down that display really slow and save battery life. And so Apple uses these technologies across their products in different ways. And I think this is just another step down that road. Totally agreed and uh, worthwhile. I'm curious how they're going to pull that off on a tiny thin laptop screen, but you know, it's Apple. They figure this stuff out. They do. And they work with, you know, Samsung and other companies that make these displays, but they often, write their own controllers for them or their own drivers for them and that sort of thing. So even though the the iPhone has a Samsung display part in it, it's a display that's really an Apple display, right? Samsung builds it and it's, you know, their component, but Apple has so much stuff they layer on top of it and throughout it that they can do these custom things. And so I think that we'll see, we'll see more of this down the road. I really believe it. Yeah. And the, um, but I, I, for one, am going to love, I think, the high refresh rate. Um, so it's just going to spoil me like it does on my iPad. Yep. Damn you, Apple. I know <laughs> what they're doing. Well, yeah, they know <laughs> what they're doing, too. Um, uh, storage. We got four tiers this time. Yeah. 128, 256, 512, and a new terabyte option, which seems ridiculous. But if you consider the fact that these cameras can do so much and later this year apple will have pro res video yes. on the pro phones pro res is a is a codec that apple i think apple pioneered or at least they're sort of the leading company in it um pro res is what the afterburner card renders in the mac pro the final cut once some some cameras will shoot pro res natively other cameras don't, and you can convert it to ProRes, and it you know edits really nicely in Apple hardware. Uh, that's coming to the phone for shooting video. And 4K30, right? I think 4K30. I think 4K30. Yeah, I don't think it's 60. Yeah. I think it's 4K30. Yeah. Uh, you cannot use it on 128 gig. Uh, they, they have a software limitation on that because these files are really big. But it looks incredible. It's extremely compliant if you use Apple's pipeline all the way through. And so I think for somebody who shoots with an iPhone, right, a vlog or, you know, videos like I do or whatever, and you edit in Final Cut, like, man, this is going to be seamless uh, once this is all up and running. And so 
yeah, a terabyte is a lot and it's expensive, but if your iPhone pro or pro max is your video camera, then a terabyte is probably a dream come true. You know, if, if the 512 just doesn't do it for you. But if you're one of those people that every year says, I want the best iPhone money can buy, do not let them sell you a terabyte phone. No, it, it's no. for most people. It's just not necessary. No. What, but what you, capacity you do, you, do you carry now? Uh, the, the one I currently have is 512. Yeah, same. And, I, and I'm looking at my storage and I've got 300 used. So I think 512 is probably the yeah. sweet spot for me. And, uh, but the, uh, but I, I use it for a lot and I do shoot a lot of video and do a lot of things with it. But I, even someone who does as much with the phone as I do, it's not, I don't need a terabyte. I think, I think ProRes, if you're going to use ProRes, that's a good reason, but that's about it. Or I guess if you're going to like store a ton of your documents on your phone and you've just got a lot of them, yeah. I could see that. But. Or like your, like I bought the 512 cause I wanted my whole photo library locally. Yeah. And yeah, me too. Uh, that's what most of my phone is, is my photo library. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. need the terabyte. I'm actually about where you are, where it's like the 256 is too small, but I don't. <laughs> I don't need a 400 gigabyte phone, but they're not going to sell me that. So yeah, I yeah, do yeah. the the 512, and and honestly, I never worry about it. You know, the days of seeing that that I you know little warning that your phone is full. I haven't seen that in a long time. I'm willing to to kind of go above what I need for that extra breathing room. And the other nice thing of buying the bigger one, because in my house, the way it works, everything gets handed down. My wife just puts a ton of data on her devices. And the only thing worse than me running out of space is my wife running out of space because it's a, you know, I've, uh, it's my job to make sure she doesn't have that problem. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, overall, what'd you think of the event? I thought it was, I thought it was pretty great. Uh, I think that some people felt some disappointment around the Apple Watch in particular if you were really tied up into the idea that it was going to be a new Square design, edge. you know, yeah. flat sides or whatever. But I think it was very in line with what we've seen Apple do in the fall. You know, the phones don't make a big jump most years. Most people don't buy a new phone every year. So this phone is aimed at people who have an iPhone 8 or a 10 or maybe even a 7. It's going to be fantastic for them. Um, it's going to be fantastic for those of us on a newer phone who are going to upgrade as well. I think overall, I'm, I'm really happy with it. And, you know, the other shoe to drop is the Mac, I guess. And we'll, we'll get there when we get there later this fall. But I think for the iPhone event, uh, Apple did a, did a heck of a job this time. Yeah. I I've given up hope on the big iMac showing up, but yeah. you know, I think it's a ways off. Mill- well, that's what the rumor mill says, but they also said we were going to get square iPhones or I, I Apple watches. So who the heck knows? that's but, true. <laughs> uh, but, but I do think that um, it's that I'm um, the MacBook pro and possibly uh, pro Mac mini are imminent. And I am super curious to see what's in that M one X chip. I mean, I, that's the part for me is I, the nerd in me just wants to see what's the difference between the M1 and the M1X mm-hmm. and how much faster is it going to be. I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about that. In terms of the event being boring, I know that was kind of like a lot of feedback afterwards. I do think part of it is just, you know, like it's it, it's tied into COVID fatigue. You know, like the first time Apple started doing these video events with the cool production and the flyby, everybody was like, whoa, can you believe they did that? You know, and now they're doing the same thing. They're taking Tim Cook out of a desert and dropping him into a stage with one step. And everybody's like, eh, boring, you know, meh, 
know, I think that's just because of, of what's going on in the world. I think so too. I think people are ready for normalcy and, and maybe this event just was kind of a, a stark reminder that we're not there yet. I felt yeah. that a little bit, you know? And so, yeah, I think that overall it was good. Uh, obviously the Macs were left. I wonder what happened to AirPods. That was also rumored. Yeah. But overall, I don't think there's, there's really much to complain about here. You know, just because some of the products don't live up to the rumors doesn't mean they're not good. Uh, the iPad 9 is not for me, but it's, it's you know, a very important product. And Apple, I think, really made that case that it is. And so I give it a thumbs up. Well, either way, um, I mean, the last one of the last major Apple events before everything came down was I sat next to you. And that was amazing being mm-hmm. in the room. So I get it. All right, so let's just go over what, uh, where are we spending money? <laughs> All right, you have a fest up to buying a new iPad Mini, so that's on the way. Yep, that's on the way. I, mm-hmm. I am considering one, honestly. I just haven't had time to go in and the you know confabulator of just you know what if I sell this one back to Apple? How much would it cost me, and am I willing to do it? I'm actually kind of interested in it. I I could almost see if I had an upgraded one that could use an Apple Pencil of that maybe becoming my my out-the-door iPad, the one I yeah. take with me on things, because I think it would probably be good enough. The uh, Apple Watch, it sounds like you're probably out, and I may be in. I, I haven't accepted it yet. Let's just put it that way. Last year, I was going to buy one, and I gave my Apple Watch money to St. Jude last year. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, boy... I don't know. I, if I can get a good return price on this existing one, I may get one. Yeah. I, I, I just love this watch. I have so much, but I am now dealing with the thing where you want to, I need to charge the battery in the afternoon and uh, like some of the new features. I, I'm kind of envious of some of the new features. So I, I may do that. And I am definitely buying a new iPhone. I do it every year. My wife has the, see how I do this? I, I blame my wife. Uh, she has the mm-hmm. iPhone XS and poor Daisy. She needs that iPhone 12 so bad, right? Uh, but no, I, I'm getting an iPhone 13 Pro Max white. I'm gonna, I got the white one last year and I really like it. I love those silver stainless steel bands on the side. It just, and it fits with any color case. You're the one that talked me into it, and it was like not even a question for me this year. Even though I like the way the blue looks, I'm getting the white again. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Like I said, we'll see what I do on the Apple Watch. If I were you, like the battery life thing would just really bug me. Uh, so, but uh, I'm not in that, in yeah, that situation. But, you know, two, two in college, too. So, Yo, I gotta yeah. Like- yeah, that's that's true. Um, the, 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 yeah, the phone, I'm under the 13 Pro Max. I like the silver. I've done it a long time. I made it the blue just to like do something different. I've never done like the colorful iPhone version. So I've always done either black or, or silver, usually kind of alternating year to year. And the gold is just out. This is not my style and not my taste. Yeah. And so I may do the blue. Um, I think I'm just going to pull the trigger and live, live a wild year. You know, what kind of case do you put on your, your iPhone? Uh, the black leather case usually. Okay. So that would work like, but I, that's the problem with the blue is like, you can't like, I bought the, I, it's, I call it forest green. I forget what the Apple term for it. It's the dark green case. I actually, my leather case arrived today. 
for a phone I haven't bought yet. But I went ahead and ordered the case. And it arrived in like one day. So I guess they had these things sitting around. Mm -hmm. But like the white will look good with the green. But if I got the blue, I'm not sure that would look so great. The camera bump with that green case. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you, because I thought that the, the camera bump was a lot bigger on this one. But when I put the new case on the old phone, just for giggles, it is definite. The new camera bump is definitely wider, but it's not that much taller than the older one. So I don't think the camera bump is as big as it seems on those renders from Apple. It's good to know. All right. We are the Mac power users. Uh, we are going to talk today in more power users about our favorite uh, Apple announcements and Apple events. Um, we both got some interesting ones written down here, so that's going to be fun to talk about. We thank our sponsors, Smile, Quip, Squarespace, and Indeed. And, uh, uh, gang, if you've got a little extra in the pocket after all this, uh, give it to St. Jude. Check out the Devon Thank Field Guide coming out tomorrow, and we'll see you next week.